everybody, it's uh, welcome to Tales from the Kayfabe. My name's Kevin. My name's Jack. And my name is Matt. I fucked that up, but we're not starting it over. You didn't again. really fuck up. You almost okay. fucked up when you caught well, yourself. You almost fucked up. Matt's so happy. When I'm I so happy. Up. Why are you I'm... so happy, Matt? Uh, that's because I have chocolate in my you... coffee. Oh, chocolate in your coffee. Yeah. What? It's magic. Is that a new iPad or is that just... It's an old iPad, oh. but I'm using it because everything else is out of power. <laughs> she forgets to charge her laptop. I forgot Matt. to charge my laptop. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm irresponsible. Yeah. But mm. I've got chocolate in my coffee. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, uh, please uh, keep this up yeah, the, the entire the, hour. I'm gonna do this the entire time. <laughs> we have a, a, a fun show. Uh, the first time that you guys requested something, and I'm actually gonna talk about it. What? Oh yes, us requesting. Yeah, is last it, is week, it Hame? It's, it, it's Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Heyman uh, is one of the Heyman, great, and this is another kind of character cavalcade as most of them have been recently but uh uh paul Heyman is an awesome uh uh manager he's a wrestling manager uh started like like just kind of hustled his way into the business at a very young age just by kind of lying and just like <laughs> getting press pa- hey, passes hey uh i i'm here to be in charge I'm 37. You look like you're seven. 37. 37. So like, he, and I'm he, in charge now. Please let me through. So he legitimately just like told people he was press and like walked in and to get backstage or like so what, do, what do you had, mean like he hustled his way? He in? had like a small kind of magazine that he printed, like a zine, if you will. It just just a small one, and uh, he read somewhere that after every big event at Madison Square Garden Vince McMahon senior would uh, right. would take all the wrestlers and his business associates to a certain restaurant and uh to a certain restaurant and so Paul he would called just up, show up there no he he did something different he called the offices and said hi this is Paul Heyman from whatever his magazine was called he goes uh, I have yet to receive my press passes for the Madison Square Garden event. I was talking to Vince McMahon at Benny's Steakhouse, and he told me, assured me, and they they were just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're sending him now. He had enough information that he was able to just bullshit his way <laughs> through it. Have you ever seen a guy, like, not be able to do that? Have you, Me? So I'll, yeah, no, you, that's yeah. my life. That's your life. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was sitting at a Starbucks one day, and this guy, he was on the phone. And he was like, I was like, hey, I know, I know, like Paul Rudd or something like mm-hmm. that, and it, it was total bullshit he did not know anybody, but he had the phone number for the manager of Paul Rudd, so he was just like leaving increasingly desperate voicemails what yeah but like hey so um could i get tickets and, you know it's just like at first he started out all confident like hey yeah i was talking to paul and um and he said we can get some tickets for this blah 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 whatever it was and then 
He's, and he's like, no, you're not really a deal. And then he like, he'd wait 15 minutes. And I'm just sitting there like drinking coffee, like listening to this whole thing. Did it have chocolate in it? It did. It had chocolate in it. <laughs> and and then eventually he's, he's just like desperately calling like, I, how do I get tickets? <laughs> I'm like, like, oh. I, I do love when like someone, it, it just like something blows up on someone where they're like, oh yeah, I know this guy. And like... Uh, I I knew a guy that was uh, a police officer pulled someone over, and the person goes, "Hey, yeah, I'm I'm friends with uh, Jack O." And he goes, "All right." Goes back to the car, brings back the ticket, and the guy goes, "What's this?" Uh, Jack assured me that I wouldn't get a ticket if I mentioned his name. He goes, "Well, I'm Jack O, and I don't know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, all right." Ah, uh, whoops, Jack O. Jack, oh, uh, I love those, and I've heard a bunch of coincidence stories where like someone was asking for someone's phone number and they gave them a fake number that was their number. They're like, I know it's fake, and they're like, why? Because that's my number. <laughs> uh, so Paul Heyman hustled his way, and he, you're gonna hear a lot of hustles every day. He's hustling every day. He hustling. Uh, so he started this, he was only 14 and then he became, he was like a photographer, was doing stuff. And then, uh, they eventually, like when he became older, he would promote wrestling gig, like wrestlers at studio 54, (laughs) like just like events were like, Oh, here's a wrestler here. Here's this. We need someone to take their shirt off and bathe in a shower of cocaine. So he he started he he started like kind of traveling around a little bit. I like that. And then he uh, landed himself in World Championship Wrestling because he was just doing like behind the scenes work. But someone's like, "You should be, you should be a wrestling promoter. You should be a promoter, or not promoter, but you should be a manager. You you could do the act. You could do the whole thing." And so he said, "Yeah," and. He was just like, yeah, I, I could do that. And he goes, all right, I'm going to call myself. And he, he a little bit, not now, back then kind of looked like uh, uh, Michael Keaton a little bit, like slightly. Okay. And uh, there was a movie called Johnny Dangerously <laughs> that Michael Keaton was in. Has anyone seen that? I think no. I have. Okay, yeah. I, I, think I, have. I have never seen it. And so that was out. And so he started calling himself Paulie Dangerously. Fair, of course. So Paulie Fair. dangerously, and he uh, he showed up in the uh, WCW. He had this huge cell phone, like one of those bricks, like a Zach Morris, like huge ass cell phone on him that he used as a weapon. Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> like someone would get to his corner, he just hit him with the phone. Th- those things were pretty lethal oh god time. yeah you just turn it on and put it next to someone's head it'll give them cancer i mean yeah. paul Haven gave a him. lot of people cancer gave a lot of people cancer because <laughs> you uh, can do that you can do that you, you, you just like, go up to someone and, and you, you say got cancer and you got, got cancer. cancer oh god uh, so so he was a he was a big figure he he had uh he had paul Heyman's uh uh dangerous alliance I'm sorry, Polly Dangerous's Dangerous Alliance, uh, which had Rick Rude in it. We've talked about him. Uh, stunning Steve Austin. 
Before Ooh, he was stunning. stunning. He was stunning. He was stunning. Before he was stone cold. Before he was stone cold. Uh, and I just like that he's other stunning. People. He was stunning Steve Austin. Did he had hair back then? He did have hair, he back, had then. hair back then. He had hair back then. And he was it was blonde hair. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> this isn't we're gonna talk that about this stunning. another time, but he was in a uh he was in a tag team called the Hollywood Blondes. Which they both had heavy heavy southern accents and no one believed were from Hollywood. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh hi there. I'm heading over to Rodeo Drive. Would you like to come with me I in my sure limousine? Take me in your limousine. <laughs> uh, Fancy man. Oh, I have I talked about uh uh mi- uh Okay, I can't even I can't even remember it. Yeah, you talked about it then. I did. Okay. Good. <laughs> Twice. This is the second time the second time of the second time. Second time of the second time. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> where is my brain at today? I don't know, but while it's out, you owe me $300 shit. just to remind you. 300. Shit. I'm going to take a shit on the table. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Escalated so quickly. I can't remember. Three hundred dollars. Shit on a table. <laughs> well, there we go. Is that the shit on the table yeah, song? That was me. That's that was exactly the song. I'm gonna shit gonna on the like, table. Gonna shit on the table tonight. <laughs> squatting over the table oh, doing God. that song. Yeah. Can you imagine? That'd be oh, great. I don't have to imagine. You're doing it right now. Oh, yeah. It's called Southpaw Regional Wrestling. And uh, WWE just put it out uh, about a month ago or so. And it's, uh, it is a fake wrestling promotion. John Cena is like the announcer for it. Oh, is this like those old eighties like it videos like, that they're, yeah. they're, they're I saw something about this. It's yeah. hilarious. Uh they have they have Rusev, who's from Bulgaria, trying to be a southerner. <laughs> That's <laughs> trying amazing. to be a southern farmer Aww. and he cannot pull an accent <laughs> off. And that's part of the charm <laughs> is that, like, you know he's definitely not from the South. And and he said he he's from the so- Southern countries, and he will attack you. Hey, like, I am southern from countries. Southern countries. I'm from Southern countries. <laughs> like, oh, you're from the Southern countries. Okay. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, you know, the Alabamas. <laughs> Uh, it is amazing, uh, but going back to Paul Heyman, please. Okay, let's go. Paul please. Heyman. Paul Heyman. So uh, he has a dangerous alliance. A couple other guys are in that as well. Things are are going all right, and he just kind of splits. He won't really talk about why he split because there is lawsuits involved. But. Ooh. This, is it eventually like between, between still the company no. and him? Like, still no. They can't talk. He won't talk. Oh, so there's like a gag order in the in lawsuit? Both. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so he won't really talk about it. And like he said, other people might know. And because I watched his documentary again recently, and he's like, other people might know. 
but you won't be able to air it because there's a lawsuit. <laughs> and, and so, uh, what? Wait, so he's does he have a documentary that's straight yeah, about him? He does. What's it's the name of that one? Paul Heyman. Uh, I think that's what it is. It's just Paul. I, Paul I don't know. Heyman. I, just, I just looked for the Paul Heyman. Okay. Uh, so then he goes to uh, he goes to start running. He started coming in as like he yeah he basically started running this promotion uh, called Eastern Championship Re- Wrestling ECW, which he later changed to Extreme Championship Wrestling. ECW, right? Uh, uh, he, <laughs> he figured was... it out. He figured out how to keep the acronym the same. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, was this? Is this the company out of what was it? Phil- Philadelphia? Philadelphia that you said was like they just kept throwing chairs in the ring. Yeah, they're okay. absolutely crazy. I've heard a lot more stories since, and I need to. We could do a whole ECW. Uh, show and I think I will soon. I just need to do a little bit more research because there's it's craziness. Uh, uh, they couldn't pay the guys a lot, like they didn't have WWE money or anything, or even WCW money. But they play they paid just over independent, and uh, w- with some of the guys, they were almost. Every match turned into a hardcore match, like with chairs and and uh, people gigging themselves, which that means they're cutting themselves for blood. Uh, yeah, like on their forehead. Oh my god, I heard a story about that. We will definitely talk at another time. But they, <laughs> there's some crazy shit that happened there. Um, so and and they really asked for a lot, and they would sign people to contracts and stuff, right? Uh, so he was ba- he was running it, but also he was from every story I heard about him, he was like the biggest like cheerleader and would like talk. There, there's like everyone calls it drinking the Paul Heyman Kool Aid because he would be like, "This is the greatest moment of your life. <laughs> you are gonna be begging for this moment again, and you need to do this." And like, and when it came to people doing promos, he would not he would direct them, and he's like. Do it again. More feeling. Feel it. More feeling. And just go crazy with it. And, like, people would be doing promos. A 30-second promo would take, like, three hours to do because he, like, <laughs> wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but when uh, Steve Austin was fired from the WW, or WCW, uh, he was injured. And Paul Heyman goes, I want to sign you up here just to do promos. And he was he wasn't that great at promos, but like Paul Heyman saw something in him. He's like, this guy's gonna be huge. His promos just not there yet. So he flew him out to Philadelphia, and uh, basically would keep him up. Like like he kept. Well, we'll do it soon. We'll do it soon. Soon, make him go at like midnight. Sooner or later, it was five in the morning. And he was just agitated and <laughs> and just agitated and just cutting these promos on WCW and just cursing everyone out. And uh, he would they would release these promos. And then that's when, like, Steve Austin was like, oh, that's what needs to happen. Right. Oh, that's what I need to do. And and if it wasn't 
he he talks about that fondly, saying that was something that really helped his career. It's just like an intensive, an acting intensive. Yeah, very much so. It sounds like some bullshit that like like uh like that would happen in Citizen Kane. You know, yeah. where he'd like starve an actress for like <laughs> like a month. Have just, you seen Citizen Kane? I have. And I am I am bipolar on it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I think it's I feel like though what <laughs> you're saying isn't part of the plot of Citizen. Are you, do you mean Orson Welles? I mean Orson Welles. Yes. Okay. I mean Orson Welles. Orson Welles no, it, tore it, down the main actress on Citizen Kane, and he completely screwed her emotionally over for like well, months. Alfred and months Hitchcock and did the same thing. Oh and yeah, horrible. With all of his leading ladies, pretty much. He was Let's talk shit on dead people. Those Let's... fuckers, they're all dead. They got <laughs> out of here. They're dead and we're alive. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I've got chocolate in my coffee. <laughs> and you've got dirt in your grave. Yeah, you got uh, dirt in your grave. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it was my uh, happy day. So ECW has a ton of stories, and he was the major cheerleader. Uh, then, like, was the sole runner of it, and uh, a lot of people think he might have been taking some off the top. And then he was just, they were growing so big, but they were still a little promotion that he wasn't getting any financers for this. So he was like, okay, we'll make the money as we go. Well, it wasn't really working like that. So towards the end, he owed like uh, a wrestler for him, Tommy Dreamer, like would owe him like sixty five grand. Oh, ouch! And like it was, you know, something insane. And that's one wrestler. Yeah. And so he, they were just they were growing in numbers, but not necessarily like yeah. growing in size, in amount of wrestlers, but not necessarily in. They had a TV show for about a year on uh, TNN. Okay. Which I think is now Spike TV. Yeah, no. probably. I think it's now Spike TV. And really, all they wanted to know was, like, we're going to use these as test dummies, these guys as test dummies, because we're going to see if wrestling works on our thing. We're going to pay them half of what we would pay the WWE. And if it right. seems to work all right, we're going to shit can them and bring in the WWE. And oh, that's nice. exactly what happened. Oh, no, uh, Okay. Exactly what happened. So they because that's a Turner Network too, right? Uh, TNN. Yeah, but I think Turner they were, something Network. Yeah, but I think at that time uh, Turner already left it. Left it. Um, but yeah, that, that's so we can't. There's one less thing I get to blame Turner for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, Paul Heyman then uh, at the final blows of that company. Uh, doesn't put up for bankruptcy until 90 days after he writes the last check, so they can't repossess anyone's check. And uh, before that 90 days, though, like at day one, he goes to work for WWE as an announcer. He was an awesome announcer. Really cool. He was an announcer for one of my favorite WrestleManias, WrestleMania 17. We've talked about that a lot. Um... And then uh, WWE eventually bought ECW. Right. Eventually, and they got a lot of their wrestlers. So here's the reason why I keep saying, I'm like, ECW seems so familiar. It's because it was on the sci-fi channel for just a little bit. Oh, you know what? So here's the thing. Um, 
Uh, we're fast forwarding a little bit here, but eventually in uh, 2006 or seven, uh, they used it as a third brand because oh, they had for... the brands like Raw and SmackDown. Okay, they used it as the ECW show. But they couldn't really do a lot of crazy stuff like they used to. So it was a little neutered, and it, it just there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on in there. Um, I liked it. There, there was okay episodes, but it wasn't that big like ECW, like the craziness you would see in the 90s. It, <laughs> it wasn't people scalping themselves so they no. could get blood. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> They're they're publicly traded companies. They couldn't do that. (laughs) They couldn't do that shit. Uh, 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 Paul Heyman uh, is a commentator. He's great at what he does. And then uh, basically he... uh, Basically McMahon then says, okay, we're going to split these brands. Raw and SmackDown. And he puts... uh, he he basically puts Heyman in uh, on SmackDown and makes him the head writer. Heyman is such a cheerleader because SmackDown was supposed to be like the. It didn't have it had good wrestlers. I mean, it had The Rock on there. Yeah, but it's still the rest of the wrestlers weren't supposed like weren't anything huge. They had the best show at that time because because he was like. Because Heyman was just like giving everyone the Kool Aid, just like they think we're nothing, but you guys are the best wrestlers I've ever seen, and we're gonna go out there and like just talk at them. And everyone always said like, "You're sitting there thinking like, okay, yeah, whatever." He's saying the same shit. And then like, then all of a sudden, like a minute, and you're like, "He's right, he's right," <laughs> and like, and then we it, are the best wrestlers. You know what? That's so funny. So like, if you go. I'm going to go sideways on you. Um, but if you read uh, Steve Jobs' biography, they say mm-hmm. the same thing about him. They, go, they But they called it the reality distortion field. Is like he would get in a room with you and he would just like bullshit, 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 bullshit until all of a sudden like you believed whatever the fuck it was that he said. Like, of course I can get it done in half the time. Of course I can yeah. make it magic. You know, like... It's just... <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, the name of that documentary is my, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so Paul Heyman, uh, then they basically, he starts to kind of fade away as the SmackDown head writer. Okay. I think he's still a writer, but he fades away and he talks. Honestly. Yeah. A job I would love. Head writer, that'd be cool, that'd be cool for it? for any wrestling promotion. Like, holy shit, that'd be would, so fun. Honestly, I'd love just to sit down and like see what they do for just a couple days. Yeah. Like, yeah. because I love that'd like be... the reason I like this podcast is I like all of the in the story details that play out over years. Let me, uh, and it's so cool. Let, let me tell you who was a a, a writer for uh, this is really cool. A writer for WWE. Mm-hmm. Was Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> after after he he, he was re- in, yeah. he retired from acting in like 2007 or eight and was Shane McMahon is right. his is his neighbor 
Uh, and oh, wow. he asked him for tickets to WrestleMania, and then they, if there's a celebrity there, they kind of have him like a liaison or whoever the liaison was. He's like, hey, do you know anyone I can talk to? I was kind of thinking about trying to get into some backstage stuff because I'm trying to retire from acting. And they're like, yeah, sure. And like they started like giving him openings, and they're like, okay, yeah, you can be a writer. And he helped a lot with some uh, uh, Jeff Hardy storylines. Right. Because I, I wonder if that's like different writers get different like wrestlers to kind of Sometimes. follow. Or if it's just all like a writer's room. And you there just is a writer's like, room. That would so be amazing. Cool. That's I, so I cool. would. Oh, there's one Man. more that, that was like a weird one. And he was... He wasn't a writer for a while, but uh, Patrice O'Neill. Okay. Seriously? Yeah, Patrice w- O'Neill, that would have been magic. He was a writer for like <laughs> one or two days. <laughs> like it was the best, the best like punchlines that whatever wrestler ever had. Because also like how much writing is it versus how much like, so like not, not necessarily script, Versus it's just kind of like an outline of like, uh, here's where the story is yeah, going to go. It's, it's kind of an outline and then there's booking involved around right. it, but you're just writing. You you don't write anything like, oh, then he hits him with a sledgehammer. Right, because right. that's up to that's the wrestlers. Up, that's right, up to the to wrestlers kind of and then they have right. agents. Right. Agents kind of help map that out. But sometimes there's like, uh, Vince McMahon will come up with the finishes as well. Okay. He's the finish guy. So even if there is like one like... This guy. We need to put a hand in it. <laughs> put a hand in it. That's my finisher. Hands. Hands. I don't know who wrote that, but uh, <laughs> but Patrice O'Neill. I'll go with him real quick because that's a funny story. He uh he went to a couple meetings and everything for writing, and then uh, gave Stephanie McMahon uh some dates that he needed off so he could go on tour. Right. And she goes, uh, no, you work for us now. And, and he said, he, "No, I don't." He said, <laughs> "He said, nope," and just didn't show up the next day. And because she's Stephanie Stephanie McMahon, she called him up and left him, a, and he wouldn't pick up the phone. And she left him a voicemail saying that he was fired. And then, since he didn't pick up the phone, she called him later that day and left him another voicemail saying that, I just want you to know you're fired. You can call back for this, this, and this. Didn't do anything. The next day, it was like five or six times she made sure he knew he was fired. He's like, yep, I don't care. Uh, that's I've heard that story about him multiple times. Not not just with WWE, but with like The Office and things right. like that. He's like, yeah, I don't really care about this. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, going back to Paul Heyman. Sorry, uh, he was he then uh, gave advice to an up and coming guy in the system and in uh, developmental, and that was Brock Lesnar. And so he gave some advice. Brock Lesnar followed it. And then Vince McMahon saw it and he's like, do you get along with him? He's like, yeah, we, we seem to get along. He goes, all right, he's yours. You manage him. So he became Brock, Brock Lesnar's, Lesnar's manager. Manager. This And he came out with him in, in his debut, basically, or early on. Uh, and he, since Brock Lesnar couldn't really speak, well, he could speak, but like didn't but have a good he promo. doesn't have the he just doesn't have the charm. Like you see this big guy, and he's kind of got a high pitched voice. Yeah, 
And you're just like, that's off putting. It's not off putting. It's like a no. It's just not. I fight against that every day, guys. <laughs> There's chocolate high. in my coffee. Chocolate in my coffee. Uh, Brock Lesnar is this crazy beast we'll talk about on another the episode beast. but he's the beast incarnate and so you have this guy that just is this swarmy you just want to punch Paul Heyman in the face mm. and he's trying to make you believe everything and make you believe that your city sucks and that all this is going on and and yelling at everyone and then behind him is this animal <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> care and just will like try to hurt you and every and it's just the scariest thing so he managed him for about a year and then they tried to turn him good guy so you can't have paul Heyman next to him yeah that happens um uh scrolling forward then he was in developmental then the return of ecw uh basically i want to say paul Heyman is just this amazing promo guy that can talk shit on anyone like i said last week i heard him talk shit on uh the undertaker claiming that he gave brock lesnar uh uh diverticulitis yeah which is amazing (laughs) saying that and that's that's why i mentioned earlier like you gave him cancer yeah because i remember that story sometimes my memory works sometimes it does guys uh, Paul Heyman left for a while, then came back to the WWE, and he's... Where did he go when he left? Uh, he was... Apparently, there was a, a nasty firing that happened, and uh, it was like a nasty fight between him and Vince, and oh. he thought... Everyone thought he'll never be back. And then they brought Brock Lesnar back, and they were like, what are you going to do? <laughs> we don't know how to handle this we character. After a year, they're like, "What are we doing? How do we do this?" And so they brought him back. And That's he, so funny. Like, yeah. there's so many stories like that where, like, they fired someone and then have rehired them because they oh. just need them to like. That, that be- just happened. Yeah. Who, who was the, who uh, was the Jim Ross? A Jr. Yeah. Uh, he he was fired three years ago. Uh, for not, I I talk, I think I talked about this. He he didn't uh, he didn't. There was like a roundtable discussion for two K Sports, yeah. right? Yeah, and you're and it got out of control, <laughs> and he kept saying two K Sports name even after they were talking about Ric Flair's dead yeah. son. Yeah, um, it was crazy. Like they fired him, and they fired him multiple times. They fired him, and he was just like. All right, did his own thing, and they just hired him back uh, at WrestleMania a couple weeks ago for t- a two-year contract. <laughs> so that happens a lot with them. That happens a lot with them. Uh, Matt Hardy has been <laughs> fired multiple times. Uh, a lot of people have. It's just so funny whenever it's like such a private matter as like your employee like firing your employee, but it's also super public because they're there's someone that the public loves and it's like, but you can't get rid of them and then they're intrinsically tied to other stories. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. that's fucks up everything. I guess we'll just have to bring them back. Like it's so weird that that private like firing oh, plays yeah. out so publicly it and it has such public ramifications. So 
Paul Heyman, uh, amazing. I could talk all day. It's basically a love letter to Paul Heyman. But we're moving <laughs> on because there is a season that we're currently in or around, really. What? And that's tax season. Oh. And do you need to get your taxes done? Oh, they've been done. Oh. It almost feels like we're about to go into an ad break, but like we don't have the listenerships Ladies for ads. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Have you, tried, have you tried QuickBooks? Have you, I've got chocolate in my coffee. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is an ad for not doing your taxes. <laughs> this is this is an ad for putting your ta- taxes on a table and then pooping on them. <laughs> Just taking a big old shit on your taxes. What was your song for shitting on tables? I, I don't know. I don't do, 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 do. That's for taxes. That's do, 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 do. Put your table, put your table on the floor, then put the taxes on it. <laughs> Then take a shit, take a shit, pull your pants down, take a shit. That was Kevin with Take a Shit on Your Taxes. Uh, join us again up, later. Up next, for... we've got Matt with Chocolate in My Coffee. I got chocolate in my coffee. Boom, 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 I got chocolate boom, in my coffee. Boom, 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 boom. I got chocolate in my coffee. All right, that's enough. If you're still listening, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about a wrestler <laughs> whose name is Erwin R. Scheister, a.k.a. IRS. IRS. Uh, real name, Mike Rotunda. Uh, if you want to add this in your knowledge, uh, real father of uh, Bray Wyatt, current wrestler, and Bo Dallas, who's also a current wrestler, but you don't see too much anymore. Um, cause they, I don't think right. they really like him over there anyway, which Bo Dallas had a great character too. He was a motivational speaker and he was like, you could be a winner too. If you just believe, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was great. Anyway, uh, Mike Rotunda, uh, AKA RRS. He was only around for about five years. Uh, he was a solid mid card guy. He was just your solid mid-card wrestler that that fought big names, but he was never looked to be like he lost all the matches that that he fought the big names. Uh, He had his promos and vignettes were the best thing because it was just like he was this big guy dressed as like a Clark Kent cartoon cartoon. And he's wearing black pants, a white shirt. Red suspenders, red tie, and glasses. And glasses. Uh, this was during the gimmick era. This was during clearly the, the clearly gimmick era, <laughs> and his whole thing was, "I'm looking at the taxes of all these wrestlers, and they have been cheating the system, and they've been doing this, and I'm gonna wring your neck with these tax debts, and <laughs> like all this, like being really threatening and violent because people aren't doing their taxes." Uh, he's an IRS agent. Right, clearly. Yes, clearly. And that that was his whole gimmick, was that. And uh, there's a couple story. There's no big storylines. He, uh, he did join up. He was kind of like a a co-main event at, at a Wrestle, WrestleMania 9 uh, against Hulk Hogan. And I forgot who the other guy was, but he teamed with uh, the Million Dollar Man, and they were Money Incorporated. Money Incorporated. Um, that was the that was one of the bigger things he did, but he was a good over the top mid card character. Uh, he did one time. 
go to a he went to a, a graveyard and tried repossessing headstones because they didn't pay their taxes. <laughs> uh, That's kind of perfect. That actually. was amazing. And like he, they did that for a couple of weeks. He like for weeks. He was. It's not like he was on a feud with anyone. They would just send him to a graveyard and then be like, "All right, let I'm here's a, like put a sign up saying pay your taxes and like." took tombstones and it was a whole thing. Now, if you're thinking that's for the undertaker, I don't think they, they might've gone up once or twice, but I don't think it was for He that. just was like, they he died and they didn't pay their taxes. Uh, uh, our friend Sean told us that he heard there was supposed to be a tag team with the undertaker and IRS death and taxes, <laughs> but that would have been perfect. But everyone's like, no, he's he's right here in the middle. Undertaker's at the top. We can't do that. But they that's didn't. hilarious. It is hilarious. Jack, I know. Jack, listen to me. I know. Kevin, we I only know. care about funny things. And I, that would have been the greatest funny thing. <laughs> Jack. Jack. Who Who's going to be death in taxes? Nobody. Jack. That's forgot. That's the only certainty in this Jack, life. It's over. Is death and taxes that are going to beat Yo, ass. Yeah. Death and taxes is going to come at you. Yeah. This took a weird turn. But I just want to. I'm death. He's taxes. I'm taxes. Oh, God. Uh, And guess what he's got? What do you got? Laryngitis. (laughs) Okay. Is that what you were going for? (laughs) Nope. But it was probably better. (laughs) What were you going for? I don't know. Uh, I'm setting it up for the, something. The Undertaker gave him diverticulitis. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got HPV in my throat. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. This went crazy. Thank you, Undertaker. <laughs> um. Okay. Moving on from IRS. Uh Great gimmick. He uh, he just kind of he was just there for a shot, but like he's one of those kind of like tugboat where there wasn't any, any big stories with him. He just kind of was a good character that people liked. Um, moving on to a character which became a dumping ground for stories that oh real weren't, real quick though yes that mm-hmm. dude spent I'd say. Five years in Japan after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, those he, guys are nuts. A, a, a lot of the uh, there, there was an era where people would be like, "All right, WWE fired me," or WWF at the time. WCW is not looking at me. All right, I'm going to Japan. Uh, Japan was that type of thing for a while. Uh, Brock Lesnar went there. He had a lawsuit with uh, WWE and was like, "All right, bye. I'm going to Japan." China was over there. Sable, a bunch of people went over there. Uh, so moving on one guy that's not yet at Japan, <laughs> not uh, yet, not yet, but he, he is no longer with the WWE. He became, his character became a dumping ground for just for stories or just if, stories. if a story wasn't working out, it was always the like, Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> and then it would just end dead. Uh, his name is Hornswoggle. If you don't Lord. know who that is, you will look up, and he is a little person. Uh, he is a little person. He came out with a uh, wrestler named Finley. 
Finley comes out to to the ring, defeats this uh, no name wrestler basically, defeats this no name wrestler on SmackDown, and then Finley comes out with he's holding a shillelagh, which is like a club. He's dressed like a leprechaun. Well, don't bury the lead. All right. Uh, <laughs> He didn't. He told you the most important thing so already. Finley, okay, Finley is the uh, Finley is an Irish uh, wrestler. He comes out with a shillelagh and he threatens to beat people with a shillelagh. And he picks up the shillelagh and they're like, "No, don't, don't do it." After he already won the match, and he was about to do it, but then he like puts the shillelagh down, goes next to the ring, and lifts up the ring, goes, "Get out here!" And this leprechaun comes running out and like growling at the crowd. He throws him into the ring. The leprechaun starts attacking the other wrestler. He lifts, he lifts up. I added the name at the time was little bastard lifts him up and throws him on the guy. He keeps attacking him and then takes him and puts him back under the ring. And everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? What just happened? The Irish came after you. That's what happened. So, so Finley claims originally he wanted like, Originally, he just wanted like uh, uh, it to be. He's like, "What if I'm? It's like I'm talking to an invisible leprechaun." And they're like, "No, that's dumb. Let's get a real leprechaun." <laughs> so, so they find uh, this guy, uh, uh, Polis, I believe is his last name. The Hornswoggle. They find him wrestling in the Indies, and they're like, "Okay, he can take a bump. He can do stuff." Like so. His real name is Dylan Mark. Dylan Mark Potzel. Potzel, Potzel, Postel, Postel, P-O-S-T-L. Uh, they, they find Dylan Mark, and he's he's in the Indies, and uh, he comes out and does that, and they they're like, okay, let's see how far we can go with him. Uh, they keep they keep feeding him people, and uh, and he's getting over. He's getting huge, and like not literally, but um, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's bad. doing very well. He's doing He's very doing well. very well. He's doing very well. Still short. Still short, but he's doing, doing well. Doing very well. Um so so he comes out with Finley. He's helping Finley out. He like will come out of the ring, throw him the shillelagh to help win or attack people on the side. Can I ask a question? Yes. I, I don't know what a shillelagh is. Yes, very Ooh. good question. Shillelagh, I had to look this up myself. Shillelagh is kind of like a, a little club. It kind of looks okay. like a cane. Okay. But it's club size. Okay. Yeah. I, I can see Some that. can be more like more like canes, but this is like... It, it, it's kind of cool looking, the one he, he walked out with. But he had it. It was like... The stem was only a couple feet long, so you couldn't really use it as a cane. Right. But then it has, like, a big kind of bulbous bulb. cane. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he they would use that as a weapon, and uh, Hornswoggle, like, became kind of very popular. Uh, so they, he was Little Bastard, then they changed his name to Hornswoggle, meaning Wha- cheat. Okay. Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, like... What is Hornswoggle? Why? That doesn't have any we like Irish know. implications. Hornswoggle. Or, 
Yeah. Horn cheat, swindled, hoodwinked. You know, that yeah, I thing. Yeah, I got with that. I knew that. Um, so he would start attacking people. Uh, he got over. So here's where I'm talking about them just... This is where the dumping ground starts starts going. Uh, they uh, they have a cruiserweight division at the time. They have one now. They just started that back up uh, okay. last year. But at the time, they have a cruiserweight division, and it's not going all that great. They have an invitational, uh, like a cruiserweight invitational. Anyone can win. Like it's a multi-man match, but you got to win by pinfall. It's a whole thing. And he wasn't even in the match, but he sneaks out from under the ring, pins a guy, and becomes a <laughs> cruiserweight champion. <laughs> that is amazing. That's so. Whenever I think of like wrestling, I'm like, "Yep, that's such a wrestling." Yeah, that's move. a wrestling. Yeah, that, that. This is a leprechaun that sneaks out from under the ring and hands people uh, weapons. Yes. Like, like that's also the, the fact whole that thing. he just hangs out under the ring for a while. Yeah. Like, what kind of shit do you think they have down there for him? No, like, like I, I've heard. I've heard him talk about this. He he says like he he said like he he refused to like kind of sneak around because sometimes like the Undertaker and people like just kind of sneak around. Yeah. And uh, he said he would get there before like the pre-show and everything and just hang out underneath the ring and like. He would just bring a PlayStation Portable and just like play video games under there. And then when it was his time, I was to go, gonna say, I was gonna say a Nintendo, like a Game Boy. But yeah. hey, close, yeah. pretty pretty much. And he would just like hang out, play games under there. And then when it was his time to go, and sometimes he was supposed to come out for the main event, which is the last show yeah. of the night. So he'd be there for hours and hours on end. Uh, just just hanging out, and then finally he's like, "All right, time to go," and just like got out there. Um, yeah. So at least he decided that himself. Of like, uh, he started not talking. I don't I don't know if he talked for a while, but like he would just kind of go like, just like mumble. <laughs> oh, like his character. His character. Okay. Okay. Not, not like, like he was traumatized by being yeah. underneath he, he like a ring trauma. Yeah, like, I don't think that was it. Big that guys was kept story, bouncing but... off the mat and hitting him. So he, <laughs> the whole thing was he was just like kind of like just like just like mumbling and right. uh, and just kept going shh to people like hushing him up. <laughs> um, so he's this leprechaun, and then uh, he wins the cruiserweight title. Kind of keeps it by just like schmas endings just like not non-ending endings like wouldn't really pin them too much and then uh and then here's where the first dumping storyline comes uh there's a storyline where someone okay so we talked on a previous podcast about Vince McMahon faking his death yes right he comes back after two months two months later and says that's right i faked my death blah 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 then someone goes you faked your death because we know that you have an illegitimate son and for weeks they're going who's this illegitimate (laughs) son and then it just turns out to be hornswoggle (laughs) pretty much just because i think they were just like i don't know (laughs) him how about him and then the next week they're like hey hornswoggle I think it's going to be too dangerous for you holding the uh, the cruiserweight belt, uh, being Mr. McMahon's son, because everyone wants that belt now. So we're taking the belt away from you and just retiring it. 
They ju- they just dumped the entire cruiserweight division. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they they were just done. Oh, uh, they're blaming it all on Hornswoggle being Vince McMahon's yeah. son. So <laughs> like, like up two birds with one stone. Let's just get rid of all this shit. This, this shit is expensive. Blame it on the little dude. <laughs> so he was at that time until until the summer of 2016. The last cruiserweight champion was Hornswoggle. <laughs> Um, there, there's so many other stories that he just was like, he, he eventually started kind of, he got away from Finley, just kind of started dressing a little weird, a little differently, not weird, but, uh, he was already dressed as a leper. Yeah. He he just wore like his own t-shirts and stuff like that. And then like had this big beard. Uh, he tried to be a member of D-Generation X when they came back. And he kind of, he was the official mascot for DX uh, when DX was like good, like family fun, like in the PG era when they're like, I don't know what we can get away with. But, uh, uh, here's a couple other dumping stories and we'll end on these. Uh, so they had a raw general manager that this was such a cop out, but they're like, Oh, uh, our general manager is anonymous and we just have a computer here and they're going to send emails and <laughs> one of one of the uh Michael Cole the heel announcer at the time was just going to read the emails <laughs> like as as the anonymous general manager states this this and this and this and it, it was just, like a whole thing i hope it was a dot matrix printer so all you heard was <laughs> It was not, uh, but you did hear like it would like the whole lights would like blink and like it would make a ding 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 ding, ding sound. Like they're like, oh, we have an email. Like the news bulletin sound, yeah, or like I, a you've got mail. You know sound. what? You know what? Got mail. It was supposed to be like a you got mail, but they couldn't use that. But it was like it was like a I don't know. It was just kind of like a tone that you knew, like oh, you're getting an email or something. Okay. So uh, I. I I can't remember too much of that one, but it was a dumb gimmick, and they eventually just got rid of it. And then a couple years later, they needed they needed a new general manager. They're like, okay, we don't have one yet, but we're going to bring in general managers, uh, guest general managers for the next month. And one of them was the anonymous general manager. Uh, the anonymous general manager, like people are like, what's going on? And then finally at the end of... The store at the end of the show, they're like, Hornswoggle, what are you doing with that computer underneath the ring? Aw, Hornswoggle. He's a general manager. (laughs) He's an anonymous general manager. It was Hornswoggle. Uh, Hornswoggle, they they wanted to basically (laughs) put this one girl in relationships and see how she would be as, like, basically a relationship and wrestling girl. And, uh... He was the first one. And they're just like, yeah, let's see what she can do with Hornswoggle. And then uh, he he was the dumping ground. Okay, so like I said, he was uh, he wouldn't talk. I swear that this is the dumbest story. This is there was a PG era that was just oh, straight horse shit, uh, <laughs> straight horse shit. It was way too kid friendly. Kids need to toughen up. All right, I don't care. <laughs> hey, kid. Grow a pair. Grow a pair. Yeah. What do you? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Uh, uh. So they had. They were. 
they had a uh, battle royale, and the winner of the battle royale got a Christmas wish from Santa. Oh. Yeah. And people didn't know what that meant because it was Mick Foley who dresses at Santa. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, whatever. We think he's going to give us a ch- shot at the championship. Why not? So they're doing the battle royale. One of the people in the battle royale is Hornswoggle, who instead of walking in the ring, just dives underneath the ring and and hangs out for the entire battle royale. Yeah, he does. Until the very end, it's him and Sheamus left. And uh, he like somehow just convinces Seamus to get out of the ring and like Seamus is like he's good he's like (laughs) Seamus is like Hornswoggle come on get down and he like jumps over the rope he like steps over the rope to help Hornswoggle he's like get down and Hornswoggle just like pushes him (laughs) and that's it and they're like alright and he's like okay I'm not really mad at you whatever Hornswoggle and his wish is to talk (laughs) Uh. <laughs> and it gets granted. Now here is a storyline that was never finished, and it was barely started. I love that though. No, because here's where it gets okay. weird. <laughs> here's where is he gets... like oddly sexual? No, he pretends to be black. <laughs> Oh, of course he does. <laughs> he comes out with a big afro, and uh, he they have a they have a wrestling awards called the Slammies, and he comes out with Booker T, and he's like, "What it is, Book?" And he's like, "He's like, and Booker's just laughing," and he's like, <laughs> "Okay," and he's like, he says something, and he just goes, "Can you, hey Hornswoggle, you want to read us the? You just want you want to read us the nominees?" He goes, "Shit, Book." And he's like, what did you just say? Shit, book. Oh, man. And that didn't last long. (laughs) But it was very funny. (laughs) Are you trying to find it? It's it's, it's buried. Yeah, it's not even really mentioned. I wish this isn't. I I hope this isn't a Mandela effect. I know it isn't because I saw this happen. This is just something you dreamed up one night. This would be Slammy Awards. (laughs) What year would this be? 2012 or 11? Well, so uh, 2011 was the Battle Royale. Where he yeah. learned to talk. So yeah, that would be it. That, so it would be a, a Slam Awards 2012 or 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 11 because I'm trying to remember when they did the Slam Awards. If it was in January or December, they don't do them anymore. But uh, yeah, anyway. all it says is January 6th, did he, 2012. Now did he end he the Slammy Keith Awards later? <laughs> no, I, like they were like, I don't think. Oh, no, the little dudes doing blackface. No. Let's. <laughs> he didn't do the face, I will say, but he had everything else going on. Uh, he then came out with a wrestler called uh, uh, the Funkasaurus. The Funkasaurus. <laughs> And he kind of danced with him and everything. It was a whole thing. And my favorite moment of his, they this didn't end anything, but they eventually got another uh, little person wrestler in in the WWE named El Torito. And he dressed up as a bull uh-huh. uh, with two wrestlers named uh, Los Matadores. Okay. Oh, no. He would just come out to the ring with them. And there was another faction of... Of bad guys called the three man band, 
and uh, they were the they were the bad guys that you knew were losing every single match. You okay. just knew it. They were losing every single match. Uh, they then come out during Los Matadores, and of course, everyone's like, "Oh, what three on three? They're like, "Hold on, we'll make it an even fight." And Hornswoggle comes out dressed like the three man band. He just has like jean shorts on and like no shirt. And like, or just jeans on, no shirt, and just comes out, and everyone's like, "What's gonna happen?" So they have, uh, they they put up a match for TLC tables, ladders, and chairs, but they call it WLC. This is where it gets. It's gonna get offensive here in a second. Uh, in a second, it was well, already <laughs> offensive with the we, speaking like a black guy. We can we can go further. Hold on. Uh, let's do. Let's so let's WLC. Push. Not only do they have step ladders, small tables, oh. eh, maybe some. There's some small chairs. There's small chairs. Um, they also have a different announce team. Is it also all little people? Yes, it is. Mm. Uh, but they're doing like parodies of like the act, the, the other, the actual guys. <laughs> And so everyone's like, what's going And the actual guys are also talking too. And they're like, what's going on here? And they go through the table and like, it is, it is funny. And it's very entertaining because they're like throwing them through tables and they, they put a little bit of like kind of ha ha in there. Like yeah. Hornswoggle's afraid of heights, that whole thing. And, right. uh, so he gets on top of the ladder and just like goes, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> The step ladder, the step ladder, yeah, yeah. How did the how did the announcers do? Like, were they holding their own, or they were, were just they... they were just like one just kept saying, "This is a slobber docker. This is a slobber docker." Like, they weren't really they weren't oh. really holding them holding their own, and it was all for like Jerry Lawler to just make short jokes the whole time, pretty much. Fair. But I I still in my mind want to see like Triple H trying to order all that stuff. All right, we need a little. <laughs> We need a little announce table and like a little chair. We need step ladders. And I need a little king's hat. A little cowboy hat. Can we get little microphones too? And we need we need cell phones to make it look like the iPads out there. Get that done for me, thank you. And we need little snacks. We need snacks. But like not full size snacks, like small snacks. Yeah. <laughs> We need we need mini we need mini M and M's. Can we get like a uh, can we get some like Matchbox cars to be like their cars? Yeah. Oh, oh, we're gonna get, get I'm gonna drive away in Power Wheels. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That was can we yeah get, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say. That's not beyond WWE right there. No, it's so, not. I know it's not. Uh, I'm not surprised no. anymore. It's episode 21. I'm not surprised anymore. No. Yeah. The, you you can't be surprised by any of this. I like, do want to point yes. out. Um, point it. Whenever he came out with, I guess it was August 19th of 2014. Okay. Came out with Los Matadores. As their second valet, and he was wearing a cow suit. Okay, I don't remember this. And was referred to as La Vaquita, meaning the little cow. But also, that's feminine. Yeah. Although, I guess cow... 
and they is already, the feminine They already, they already had a bull, too, right? Right. right. The bull, yeah, the bull was uh, uh, El Torito. So... So he was what seducing the bull? Like what? I need to know what happened in this like, match. It was just thematically appropriate. Okay, there was no. a bull. No, now, it was a and I don't romance. Even think they, he would. He didn't even really fight. It I was think like it was. Pepe they were Le Pew he, and the skunk. They were That's their valets. They were their valets. So they just like came out with them, like no. supporting them to the ring because the match was the the mat Los Matadores. Yeah. Oh, by the way, who ended up uh, losing the, to Heath the Slater Vince McMahon's son storyline? They were just like they took that back like a couple months later. Like, <laughs> no, no, is, you're no. not really your son. We just wanted to get rid of the cruiserweights. Yeah, Those, bye, bye, done. They had some, they had some story behind it, but it was just more like bye, Felicia. It wasn't really like a yeah. right. It wasn't really like a big thing. It was like, yep, yeah, you're not really. We forged the documents. Bye, like. <laughs> What? Okay. Get out. Uh, he was around for a while. He was big with the kids and everything. And then uh, uh, he, like, is a huge Muppets fan. And, like, when the Mupp Mu the Muppets hosted Raw one time, it was weird. Oh, wow. And he he was like, oh, my God. It's not that shocking, Jack. They hosted <laughs> Raw. You want to know who hosted Raw one time and it was real weird? Yeah. Al Sharpton. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go to the tapes of that one. I'm gonna find that uh, one. I haven't found it too much. I, I I've I've tried to look. It's kind of hard just because like I, all I've heard was a tape. Uh, they used to have a guest host each week, and they just were like, okay, who's gonna be the host? And they could get Al Sharpton because he was in town and they're like, he shows up at the building and they're like, okay, we're going to go over this, go over this. He goes, uh, all right, I got to be out by nine. And they're like, you're hosting the show. And he's like, yeah, I got to be out by nine. And they're like, the show starts at eight <laughs> and it goes two hours. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I don't care. I don't care. These are this. You, you want me, this is what needs to happen. So they only did a little bit with him, but yeah, it was, there were some weird guests. Fair. I, 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 let me look. How did that they up. manage the Muppets? Were people oh. just there holding them? Yeah. Well, like they were doing backstage stuff. Uh, okay. And uh, they would like have Animal ring the the bell for the Fair. the ring bell, and he would just do it like ten times. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. ding. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think there was a. It was so long ago that I watched this. It it, it was a storyline that they got involved in. It was real weird. Like Miss Piggy was at ringside. I don't know. Uh, there, the oh, guests. Come on, man. It's oh, all right. It oh. was a pretty good show. It was all right. It was a pretty good show. <laughs> uh, Why okay. are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna shit on this table. Man. Oh, shit on the table. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. My name's Kevin. I'm Jack. I'm Matt. Shit on the table. Shit on the table. Hey, 
Hey guys, if you uh, like this podcast, please let us know. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Also, you can like our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and type in Tales from the Kayfabe. Uh, tell us what you think of the show. All that good stuff. Also helps uh, if you leave like a comment and a, sp- a five-star rating on iTunes. And, and your picture. And your home address. Home address. And your, your social security number. Your VIN number. Your mother's maiden name. And blood type. Thank yep. you. Bye.